And my mom is watching this because the main character is told, put the gun up to your forehead, shout persona, and go to blow your fucking brains out. And on the other side, it's a cool like shatter of glass being like the shatter of your psyche as you summon your persona. But all my mother sees is just like five teenagers (laughs) being like, persona! (laughs) (laughs) She was like, give me this fucking game back, man. (laughs) Give the Mm -hmm. shit back. Hello everybody, I'm Pax and this is Brotakus, the show where some hot nerds who love anime do a deep dive on what is and isn't worth watching. We believe you don't need a major in anime studies to enjoy this wild, beautiful, strange art form and we are so lucky to have you on this journey with us. Uh, Thank you everybody for the feedback we've been getting on the Ultimate Anime Daddy tier list. We're greatly appreciating the discourse that is emerging. And thank you everybody who's continuing to send us death threats about the Demon Slayer episode. We love it. We, we, We consume the pain and rage and it makes us stronger. So thank you very much once again from the whole Protaku's team. Uh, but today, we have a very special episode for everybody because we are having on the Twitch Maverick himself, Data Dave. Data Dave is a charismatic, wonderful, sparkling, bright like the stars in the sky, Twitch streamer, voice actor, and adjunct professor at Morehouse College. You could check out uh, Data Dave on Twitch for uh, uh, voice acting over web comics, for a current Mass Effect play through different games all the time. Amazing personality, great community. Uh, Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Very, very, very well. It is the odd sunny day here in Western New York, and so I'm super appreciative, <laughs> super appreciative of that. So, um, starting off, first of all, with everything that you're doing, I just need to ask because I, th- I thought I'm a busy person. How the hell do you manage both being an adjunct professor in computer science and having a regular Twitch stream, what is your what is your day to day like? Man, you make you get a checklist like a little notebook. And you just write down yeah. everything I do in a day and just knock it out, you know. But it is a crazy <laughs> schedule, you know. Most of my morning consists of like teaching prep work, doing that. But sometimes I have to make a video. I got to be ready for stream. But the way mm-hmm. I balance it, honestly, is that the way I look at it is like I don't really. What's funny is I don't really play video games outside of streaming. That's my mm-hmm. game time. When I hit seven o'clock, I'm live, you know. But that means Ooh. I need to knock out everything else before that, you know. So that's yeah. auditions, teaching, getting the work done, preparation. Seven o'clock hits. Hey, I can do whatever I need to do. Let me stream, have fun. So it's a it's a hectic schedule, but it it's fun to it's fun to stream. <laughs> Work is work, work is work, but fun is stream and voice (laughs) act, of course, too. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that you were, um, you were pursuing the, um, PhD in comp sci and then Twitch blew up and then you settled for a master's in computer science, which is an insanely difficult degree on its, on its face. And so I'm wondering, um, having gained the knowledge of that master's in comp sci and being a Twitch streamer, do you find that there's any way that, uh, that that degree changes the way that you like approach or interact with with games, kind of getting a, a a more in depth look at coding. Well, I'd say like at least coming from computer science, I'm a very logical guy, you know, and mm-hmm. like you know through getting through games, and you know I always play on the hardest mode because my chat will say, "Hey, play it." You won't play on the hardest mode, and I'm like, "Sure, I will." You know, just finding how to logically get through these things. So I say maybe yeah. coming from that aspect kind of helps and then even twitch stream there's been times where i um give a bunch of advice to students and people like hey i want to do cs you know being able to give that perspective from i teach you should do this i teach you should check out this you know so it helps from the communication sides for people that are current college students are going to college and they've again just logically how we get through this because this is difficult you know 
Yeah, absolutely. Have, have you had any interactions with students who also watch your Twitch stream? Has oh, man, this is the most yet? hilarious thing. I remember one time. Okay, there are two instances. Can I share both? Yeah. The first one was my first day going on campus. Like, it was my first day there. You know, I'm getting accustomed uh-huh. to the school. And I walked by, and one was like, Data Dave. I was like, who are you? <laughs> it was funny. I was like, who are you? Like, how do you know I am that? He's like, oh, my God, watch the Twitch stream. I was like, oh, okay, who are you? <laughs> And then he told me his username was like KVNB or something like that. And it was funny is he's like, I watch your Xenoblade 2 thing. And I'm like, this is my mm-hmm. first day here. He's like, I knew you were moving to Atlanta to teach, but I didn't think you were teaching here. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So that was actually, ironically, one of the students in multiple classes of mine. He did really oh, well. Awesome. Great student. I think the nice. most hilarious moment I had on Twitch was like, you didn't turn in your assignment. You know, it's due tonight. He's like, all right, I'm leaving your stream. I'm going to go knock that out. So um, <laughs> that, that was a really cool interaction. That was a really cool interaction being like, oh, my God. Or like on Twitch stream being like, you know, you got to study this type of stuff for the test. I hope yeah. you're doing it because I'm streaming. I don't have to take the test. So um, that those few moments was the first one. I, I love that. That was a very cool like interaction. Like viewer, you're teaching. Second one, there's been a couple times where students pop by like, uh, Professor Dave. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you're a student of mine. Y'all probably discussed that I stream. And, you know, they just kind of chat and chill, you know. Yeah. So that was really dope. Uh, it's awesome. And have any of your students been inspired by your Twitch stream to kind of like reach out on their own, ever get like asked advice on the stream? Oh, yeah. Plenty of times where they just say, hey, I'm looking at the stream. Can I do this? Not give them the same advice I give to anybody. And if anybody else wants the advice, stream mm-hmm. what you like, find what works. And whenever you find that niche of what works, I mean, it's a whole topic on Twitch growth because like, you know, it gets to like, hey, I found my niche. Let me grow on this. You're growing it. But I think a variety streamer is more so for like longevity. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it'll be smaller if you have variety, but those people that will watch you for anything in those variety streams versus niche, you'll grow, but you're in your niche. That's yeah. a whole topic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I know that we could uh, definitely dive deep into that. But for people who are interested in streaming, I would definitely say just Google day to day interview because it seems like you've talked with a ton of people and given great advice yeah. about accruing viewers, different mm-hmm. incentives for subscribing, things like that. And so all super, super important there. Um, now, throughout this, uh, we, we, we talked a little bit ago about uh, your, your voice acting career. And you mentioned that part of you with um, COVID going on now that some people are coming back into studios. Um, that, that part of you, and it, excuse me if I'm putting words in your mouth, uh, will, okay. will sort of miss the more remote uh, demands that COVID kind of put on the industry. Can you kind of talk about what working as a voice actor has been like during this, uh, sure. this plague? So for me, I was, well, I started probably, we'll say two, three years ago, time flies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I recently moved into my own house probably about, we'll say less than half a year ago. And one of the first things I wanted in my house was like, I want a studio. You know, like before I was at my mom's house, like I had like a shower curtain, put up a whole bunch of paddings on her walls in my room and stuff. And I recorded it. It sounded yeah. amazing. But it's like, you know, this isn't professional, but I will give you professional quality. But now that I have like an actual studio studio in my house, there have been so many opportunities, video games, commercials that were like, we are remote now. You can audition. And some of those have actually landed. And I'm like, wow, like now that it's remote. I could try out for this game. I could try out for this. I could try out for this anime, you know? But the thing is, I feel that this is just me. You know, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Like, a lot of anime such as recorded in L.A. or Texas. So, that means, like, hey, let's say I get an audition. I might need to go fly to audition. Maybe, maybe not get it, you know? Of course, Mm -hmm. I haven't done that yet, but I'm saying that's just kind of how it is. Since it's gone remote, a lot of people can audition. That's that access I've had. There have been plenty of voice acting studios like, oh, my God, well, I usually have classes in person. Let's do classes online. 
I have access to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I hope that they take the remote options and keep some of them, especially because that's more auditions for me, more opportunities and more classes that may be LA exclusive, you know? So yeah. I'm hopeful. No, that, that's it gives people like point. me access at the same time. It's like I have a studio here. I can record. I can do whatever you need. Yeah. So, so do you have a, a sense that the industry might be kind of taking the fact that the, there's maybe been a little bit more decentralization, maybe decolonization in terms of who gets to audition and who gets to learn these things? Do you mm-hmm. think that that's something you're optimistic the industry is going to kind of get to I'm, move forward I'm, with? I feel that some places are definitely going to take that route and just say, hey, you know, we can get everything we need done without bringing people in. We could just have them do it from their own place. Because a lot of people, when COVID hit, like, I mean, still going on, please wear your mask. But, um, you know, a lot of people when COVID hit, they were like, well, we only can record at home. Let's get a studio. So most voice actors got some form of studio in home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm hopeful. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, uh, last thing on this topic, but I, I would be so remiss if I didn't ask, we're doing a voice actor uh, uh, roundtable also this weekend. And I, is, is there any question that you think would maybe be overlooked or um, I, I guess how I'll phrase this is, what is a question that if you were participating in something like this or speaking on the subject of voice acting, that you wish you would be asked rather than, you know, maybe, mm. maybe there's a bunch of questions that are kind of bog standard. Like what's it like to voice act? <laughs> How'd you get mm-hmm. into it? What, what's something that you think it's a little less shine? I'm trying to think, I guess the question would be like, you know, what, what are the keys to really landing these auditions for those that mm. want to get into it? And if I could just chime in and answer it, what I've been told from my coaches is just acting. So there's plenty of times I'm like, Oh my God, it's anime. Let me overreact. And ah, let's do this. It's like, it's not about that. It's, the key to acting, and I'm no acting professional, you know, but from what the key to acting is making it believable. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, how would they realistically respond to the situation and making it believable, which, believe it or not, is just how would you react? If you had to say these lines, if someone was like, I want to fight you, would you be like, I don't want to fight you. I don't got time for this. You know, that's a realistic mm. reaction from you or like, oh, I don't want to fight. I'm scared. If however you would react, deliver that line how you would do it because it's going to come off genuine if it's you. That's kind of how you land. The key to acting, auditioning, and all that other stuff is just being believable, which is being yourself. And that lands you so many roles because each and every one of us is so unique. You know, like, let's say someone's yeah. like, I'm going to fight. You would probably be like, oh, I'm scared of a fight. Not you, but just anybody might be like, oh, I don't want to fight. <laughs> Me, I might be like, I don't got time for this. You know, but both of those are realistic reactions. But give you a realistic reaction with the lines that are said. So, yeah, just act. I- that acting is just being yourself. Man, I, I am so damn happy that that is what you brought there because that was completely something that I hadn't even considered and, and that, I, that I don't hear um, touched on. And it's funny that you mentioned that because of our main Brotaku's panel, um, every one of us are uh, of the people that are, are usually hosts and co-hosts of this program, working actors. Like we were people oh, where yeah. we went to school for acting. That's cool. Out. Yeah. 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 But uh, for me, it's mostly like uh, theater and film and things like that. My, same thing with my co host. And something that gets really drilled into you in like a classical acting program is that a super common mistake that people make when they are portraying like a villain or someone who's like distasteful or xenophobic is that you can tell through their acting that they're kind of caricaturing that person or Mm -hmm. that they have a distaste for this. But the real kind of depth comes for how can you make it clear that this person really does believe naturally and fully and convincingly in what they're saying and what they're feeling. 
And I guess I never put two and two together that in voice acting, I think a lot of times people have the sense that, oh, this needs to be heightened, this needs to kind of be the extreme response, as is often the case when it comes to like matching up with lip flaps and trying yeah, to you yeah, know, yeah. match the energy of the original recording. But I guess that maybe that is the secret sauce of making it so like, yeah, great, you have a lot of unnatural constraints on you, you got to match this, you got to kind of, you know, do these things that are giving you these limits. But the thing that's going to elevate you to the next level is bringing that be- that 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 belief in natural naturalness to it. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And hell yeah! And of course, Dude, if you're so playing cool. the villain, <laughs> I try my best. I try my best. But even within those villains and things of nature, just you know, how would you react if you really believe these beliefs? Just like how you mentioned it, you know, yeah. like just believe you're that, and just how are you gonna do it? They'll yeah. adjust it if they need it after you land the role. <laughs> hundred percent a hundred percent um something last thing i needed to throw out here before we kind of get into some of the, the the game and the main topic today is uh you're playing mass effect right now yeah and you killed rex uh <laughs> chat wouldn't let me go back i was um, like oh my god like i was like he's gonna shoot me let me be nice and i try to be nice and ashley killed him i'm like ah. <laughs> oh, so I, we spent like 10 minutes in chat like can we reset no i'm like I, th- I think it's good. I think it's good that you didn't move on. But the thing that I wanted to hit on is, I think for me, in terms of like coming to terms with my own, uh, I guess, sexuality and existence as a teenager playing Mass Effect for the first time, mm-hmm. um, there's so many fucking hot people in Mass Effect. <laughs> so yes. I wanted to know who's, yes. who's the, who is the husbando, who is the wife, who, who who's your day one in Mass Effect? All right, so. Jack, we recently just met Jack in Mass Effect 2. I'm uh-huh. just like, waifu, yes. I'm like, I want to bring her every time just for her commentary because she's mm. funny. She'll be like, man, screw this. Man, yeah. I'm like, thank you for bringing this hilarious moment into the game. So, Jack, Hasmadu, Jacob, listen, I, Jacob showed up on screen. All the chat was just like, so that's my man. I'm just like, sorry, chat. I'm playing the game. Y'all not here. It's me. <laughs> so, those <laughs> yeah. are my favorites. Absolutely. For me, um, I Jack was my first playthrough. And at first, I think it was before I kind of like did, did a hardcore accounting of my own uh, uh, sexuality and existence. And so when I was as like a, a, a young, a, a young, when I was a young warthog playing Mass Effect, Jack was the person I carried through all three games. And I, and I heard everyone being like, oh, I banged Daddy Garrus. Daddy Garrus is, you know, the man. And I didn't get it. And then when I played through again, when I was 21, I was like, oh, I get it, man. This lizard. You know, fuck. I'm a fucked lizard. <laughs> I can understand. I can yeah. understand. <laughs> mm. Oh, God. So um, we are going to ta- be talking about the Persona series of games today. But before that, when we have a new guest on, we like to whip up a game for them, something to kind of uh, 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 set the mood. And to start off, I need to ask you, do you, are you familiar with what a isekai anime is? Oh, man, that's what I watch the most of. Yes. Hell yeah. Okay. And so for our listeners who don't know, isekai is kind of a another world genre, starting with things like uh, .hack and then moving on to recent examples like Sword Art Online. It's either your body is unconscious in the current world and you are brought to another in a game, or more commonly now, you're killed by a truck coon screaming down the highway and you're hit and then you're reborn in another world. Are you familiar with Chuck Tingle? Not familiar with Chuck Tingle. Hell yeah. So Chuck Tingle is a famous, no one can tell if he's trolling or not, famous American romance novel author. Someone whose books are renowned for having the most insane titles in existence. And so for our game today, Day to Dave, we have cooked up, is this a Chuck Tingle novel or an isekai anime? (laughs) Let's try it. Are you down to play? Let's play. Uh, Round one, Dave. 
the two uh, titles we have here, Do You Love Your Mom and Her Two-Hit Multi-Targeted Attacks, and Pounded in the Butt by a Poorly Rendered Computer-Generated Blue Genie, which well, is, is Chuck Tingle and which is anime. Well, I love the anime. Do you love your mom or her two-hit multi-targeted attack? I watched that, and it's hilarious. Please watch it. So that's anime, and then Chuck's is the Pounded. Or that is Chuck, Chuck Tingle? Yeah. I you watched it. it. It's funny. You got it. Blue Genie is Chuck Tingle. Your mom and her two-hit multi-targeted attacks is uh, <laughs> is anime. And we have the uh, we have the cover art here. So can you kind of describe what we're seeing by the the Blue Genie cover art here? Um. Well, it's a dinosaur genie with a man with abs, and they're working together. I don't know what's going to happen there, but <laughs> yeah, you're right. He does have interesting titles. <laughs> I'm just Absolutely. like, oh, okay. I'm already having a sense that you're probably going to get every damn one of these, Dave. And I don't we care. See. <laughs> We're going to keep going. Okay, round two. Um, my husband and I find our unicorn, and she's a Bigfoot. Also, my husband is a dinosaur, and reborn as a sexy vending machine. Now, I wander the dungeon. Which so one? Anim- anime yeah. gotta be reborn to the sexy vending machine because now I want to Google it. Possibly. Now I wanted the dungeon. And then maybe Chuck's is my husband and I find a unicorn. This right? is what happens when we have real otakus like Dave on the show. You are nailing it. Reborn being the keyword here. We have uh, Reborn as a vending machine. Now I wander the dungeon. And my husband and I find our unicorn. And she's a Bigfoot. Also, my husband is a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> and Dave, what are we seeing in this Chuck Tingle novel co- cover? Oh, man. So there's he really likes dinosaurs. That's what I'm learning. You got the long day dinosaur looking. And then you got Bigfoot being like, hey, what's up, wife? And the wife's just like, I'm hot. So that's what I see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, the 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 real human hands on this um, the dinosaur uh, husband back here is what is mm-hmm. is kind of giving me it's the creeps with the long CEO being like, "What's going on? Let me just look yeah. all the way over." <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So round two again, successfully one in the win column for Dave. Um, round three. This is going to be our last round. So round three, title number one. I'm gay for my living billionaire jet plane and. Title two, the hero and his elf bride open a pizza parlor in another world. Anime is the hero and the elf bride. I'm gay for my living billionaire's Chuck. Now I want to see this anime. The hero and the elf bride open a pizza parlor in another world. Yes. Yeah. I'm yes. so I'm so about that. So once again, you have <laughs> successfully three for three won this game. Hero and the elf bride open a pizza parlor in another world. Anime. And what are we seeing in the cover of I'm gay for I just I'm don't sorry. know what to it's expect from Chuck Tingle. <laughs> I'm just like, man, what? It's been like, a ah, it feels delicious. So, this is my jet plane. I'm like, um, sir, that's a plane. <laughs> sir, that's a plane. Leave it alone. Uh, <laughs> leave it alone. Oh. He's like, I just want to refill it. I'm just like, no, leave it alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the <laughs> Why abs does the plane the- have a... <laughs> yes, the abs on the plane and the face is like, no, that's not there. It's your imagination. Yeah. <laughs> like, stop. stop. So, absolutely. So, uh, that said... Three for three, Dave. You have won this round of Is This Chuck Tingle or an Isekai? Congratulations. <laughs> very Thank you very much. Chuck Tingle. Oh, my gosh. He's, he's the author? He just writes books? He does. So these are these are all real books. They're not um, uh, troll books. Well, I mean, that's kind of like who's to say. He's been nominated for a Hugo Award twice. Wow. <laughs> I'm gay for a jet plane. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Dave, today... We have had some uh, listener requests to talk about the anime uh, for Persona 5, the Persona 5 animation by Studio uh, A1. And 
after having watched this, the Persona 4 animation, we kind of came to the conclusion that we needed to have on the docket at some point, not talking about the anime, but talking about the games, which are probably, <laughs> I think, the closest mm -hmm. you can get to anime the game. So today, we are doing our deep dive into the legendary Shin Megami Tensei Persona series. So, Dave, starting off right off the bat, what was your first experience with Persona? My first experience with Persona was Persona 3. I was just looking for like RPG to play online, and I was like, oh, I'll check this out. This is cool. And I love that game. Persona 3 is my favorite, hands down. Absolutely. Did you do Persona 3 or Persona 3 FES? I did Persona Original 3. Emulated, okay. whatever that may be. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm so dying for a Persona 3 remake at some point. Same. That would be beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. So to give a kind of brief overview of the Persona series, what would you say are kind of the hallmarks of the games? Like what is the Persona series generally about? So generally Persona is about like, you know, you start off with this protagonist with, I guess, OD powers of controlling multiple personas. But what really, really sells the game for me is the storytelling, because like as you get more party members, you deep dive into this party man's life. Like, all right, your first party member, what's going on in their life? How can we solve mm -hmm. it? It's usually a dark topic or dark theme. And through the power of personas, you end up not solving it, but dealing with it, you know? Yeah. And then you deal to the next person, the next person. So each person has this distinct story that you're helping go through. And as you help them, help them, they join you to ultimately stop whatever's going on without giving too much away. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that maybe our main game we should both talk about here. I think um, it would make sense if we focus on Persona 5 to kind of talk about because I think that that's really um, story rich in terms of the the concept of the Phantom Thieves, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So talking about Persona 5, which is the game that I think moved this from more of a, a niche weeb title where it was like, oh, hey, there's this game that's like part dating sim, part high school simulator. And then you get to like, it's like, it's like mature Pokemon with guns afterwards. It's something Basically. like, we're like, if you know, you're like, hell yeah. But like, if, mm -hmm. if all of that sounds like a little too much for you, I think you're a little reticent to join, but we're at the point now where Joker's in fucking Smash Brothers now. Exactly. Like, yeah. it, it's really blown up. It's gone from niche to, like, really, like, you don't know Persona? You know, yeah. Persona's great. Yeah. Um, Persona 5 really hit, like, everything from music, style. Like, it's so stylish and pretty. Mm -hmm. the characters are interesting. Voice acting's phenomenal. You know what I mean? I think the most hilarious thing is, uh, I think Ryuji's voice actor added in a yeet on the dub. <laughs> Uh, actual dub the anime he was like "Ooh, i got to add this in and let me keep it yeah because <laughs> it wasn't on script he's like oh yeah yeah yeet and then it uh, stayed so like you know it's become very i use the word modern but maybe like pop pop culture maybe now it's, yeah it's great. yeah and so uh these all take place in japan these games in which you are a usually silent protagonist right i yeah i don't think so it doesn't speak at all yeah. anime yeah but beyond that no yeah, and so in Persona 5, you are a, your silent protagonist whose canon name is uh, Akira, but um, you can name it whatever the hell you want. Uh, mm -hmm. it, he, he intervenes during a street-side like, sexual assault and stops it from happening, and the person who was doing it was a very powerful man who just pulls all of the levers of, uh, of capital and control and yeets his ass to the uh, mm -hmm. big city, which is kind of an inverse of what happened in Persona 4. And so you move in with, I think it's like a friend of a family in his cafe, yep. and the main mechanic of the game is the, uh, the palaces and the little app that comes in on your phone. Could you give our listeners some kind of context as to like what that main story driver is? 
The main story driver is uh, with this app in your phone, of course, you go into diff- different people's palaces, corrupt peoples, and mm-hmm. you steal their hearts. I'm sure a lot of you all heard about stealing their heart. And we steal their heart. They feel guilty about everything they've done. They confess it. They explain it or whatever. But without your interaction, they would have continued to be corrupt, you know? Yeah. But they, they, they did some dark things in that series, but stealing their heart will make them atone for it. Absolutely. And it's it's not corrupt in the sense where it's like they're being possessed by a demon per se. But this is one of the first games that I think for me has really dived into the concept of just people who who are are naturally um, cruel and people who, whether it's the gym teacher who's using his uh, position as a coach to extract sexual favors from his students, or whether it's the artist who's stealing the artwork of other people or a, a kind of person who, who controls a, a huge company – People who day to day live these lives that are kind of twisted by the uh, cruelties and capital and and desire to control others and the concept of stealing your heart as you go into these palaces, which are the manifestations of their kind of narcissistic, like evil in power. Mm hmm. I don't know, I get emotional thinking about it because the idea is that after you and the phantom thieves that get this app on your phone and are traveling into this other world, steal the heart that the people don't die, they are not, it doesn't change what happened, but they repent and apologize, right? Yep. And all of this is to say that I think that why Persona, because Persona 4 is one where the palaces in that game, they are a reflection of the individuals like in your party, you're going and kind of exploring more of like, yeah, like the history of, of the individuals who you're connected with and resolving their kind of like childhood trauma or, or issues regarding their um, sexuality, appearance, self-hatred, self-harm. But in this, I think that, I, I don't know, as, as relatively young people, this is something where I haven't really seen a game explore the kind of existential feeling of, I'm young, I'm in a world where the average millennial does not have a positive net worth until the age of 31, at which point you go right. from like negative a thousand dollars of student debt to maybe zero dollars one dollar right yeah and every system is up against us you know no uh no health care no um support and in, in, in college and and just crushing debt and and pain and no sense that things are changing politically and this kind of explores the ultimate power fantasy that never really gets considered of like what if these what if these evil people who control the levers of just reality through through the power they have what if they just change their damn minds, you know? Right. And, yeah. and so I guess what, what, what are kind of some of the emotions that Persona 5 extracts from you or what you think like the bigger themes of this thing are? Because it gets deep as hell. It, it really does. Oh, man. The way you explained that was phenomenal, by the way. I'm just like, you know, now that you mentioned it. <laughs> Thank you, boss. <laughs> but no, nah, that's, that's real. That's, 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 that's real. You know, it's just like I, when you look at it that way, Persona 5 really is that like what if we could stop systems or actually had the power to – Stop the corrupt stuff that happens. There's plenty of that. There's plenty of that in politics and every day to day life. And shoot, I don't know, even if someone's an apartment, I'm sure everybody complains about their manager or apartment. Lender. But it's like, what if we could actually be like, hey, stop being a messed up person. Be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Say sorry. And yeah. just repent. Or if you're doing something shady that I'm sure any of us may see in some businesses or wherever, like just stop, you know? So it, it, I guess it gives that type of millennial feel where it's like, hey, repent, say sorry, confess. 
because we're good people. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I like that. The emotions was good. I like that. Yeah. And I, I guess in, in what you were saying, something that you just hit on there that's unlocking something in me is the fact that there's a real person underneath, you know, that there's a real mm-hmm. person in there. There's potential for because I don't think that these games really do dive into like how did like Kamashita, the gym teacher, become such a fucking evil guy. Right. You know, um, nor do I think that they need to justify why someone would nor would it be smart be that to way kind of, yeah. yeah yeah it'd be like well this is why this person chose to become this like, it's just like this yeah. is how you are say sorry change confess yeah and so i think that why this feels like an ultimate power fantasy is because it it is so it feels so impossible in the day-to-day that someone like martin shkreli who made like uh, insulin doses 600 a pop would like one day come out and be like Hey guys, you know, I, I really thought about it and my bad. Instead, he's just like, I'm buying the only new Wu Tang album. I'm, I'm going to set it on fire. Mm-hmm. I love being a demon. <laughs> and like, exactly. Yeah. But so, meanwhile, as we're dealing with these big, awesome forces, every goddamn Persona game comes with a cast of other teenagers, of people you meet on the street, working class people, people who are just trying to get by. Every Persona game, you like wind up meeting a politician or someone who's participating in like, um, a, a national sport or chess or things like that. What are some of these standout characters for you? These these side characters that so make these games rich. Oh, well, some of my favorites, at least for five or in general. In general, man. Honestly, I just like the the best friend character. I, I find that consistent in every game. The best friend character that you learn more about their backstory. Why are they so loyal? Like you know, Ryuji. I love Ryuji. He's hilarious to me. He's the uh, closest thing to a himbo where he's like, yo, I'm super tough. And da-da-da. it's like, bro, you didn't think this out. Just like, it's like, calm down. Let's think. Let's talk it out. But I, I love Ryuji. Uh, my favorite for Persona 5 would be Makoto, though. Like, it just, I got mm. like the fact that she fights with her fist, the look. She's very uppity. I'm like, you give me Tifa vibes. And I love Tifa from Final Fantasy 7. So I'm like, yo, those two. Hands down, personality, and they they ironically conflict personality wise. Yeah, so I you just you have very rich and diverse characters in Persona, and I love it. Yeah how 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 do you think that um the game does in terms of balancing what what basically feels like um there's both like uh, uh pop quizzes and a life simulator where you have a job. It's like it's like the the Sims plus a dating simulator plus a uh mature pokemon game and also there's guns like do you find that this world like sells its kind of creative mishmash that it makes it makes it work honestly it makes it work it is like a lot because you sometimes you gotta pick like do i go to the job today do i build my friendship up do i get more money like i, I like that you have so many options because what you do on day five is completely different than what i'm gonna do day five you know or who i talk to or you know because you might be like well my friendship with them was like 10 but i was like well that was like two for me you know, so it's just funny that you can just take your own way and decide how you want to play, what skills you want to level up. Because realistically, through the first playthrough, you can't do everything. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm, yeah. Sure there's a, I'm sure there's a guy that may get you close, but you can't. But that's mm. what makes it interesting because it's like how you play will be different than how I play and we'll reap benefits based on whichever way we go. So that, that's what makes it fun. It's like there's what is it? There's a method to the madness. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you can find a way to make it work. And you just hit on the um, you just hit on the uh, the all important um social link system the the tarot cards can Mm -hmm. you explain to uh can you explain to the listeners like what the hell the tarot social link sim progressing relationships how that affects combat in the entire game 
Indeed. So with every persona that you get, they're different tarot cards. Like there's death, there's, uh, I forgot the other one, like faith or hope or whatever. But like there's different, they're, each persona has is, is under the, I believe, 12-ish. They added more DLC categories, mm-hmm. tarot, tarot cards. And as you fuse personas, you make different cards. Like, you know, one tarot, one persona, another persona might make a death persona. But if your friendship with the individual, the death card or the fool card or whatever, um, if your friendship is higher with them, they get more experience and you get more access mm. to other personas with different abilities based on your friendship with that individual. But to get your friendship up with them, you have to spend time with them, get to know them through the whole, which option do you choose to yeah. make them feel better get more friendship? So um, the higher your friendship is with a person with an associated tarot card, the stronger those personas will be, the more you unlock. And if you get like level 10 with one of your party members, their persona evolves and it gets new abilities. So, you know, it's just it, the tarot card system or that dating yeah. sim aspect really, really makes it, it plays. It plays well in the game. Yeah. You know? And it, 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 it brilliantly in a way that it's just kind of like game design masterclass makes it so. Um, your main character is uh, in Persona 5, your pseudonym is is Joker, which is a reference to yeah. in Persona 2, the main villain was a serial killer named Joker who wore like a paper bag and was just a crazy mm-hmm. fucked up dude. Um, but your Joker is someone where at the start of all these uh, modern Persona games, you're kind of revealed in the moment that your Persona awakens in the most mm, delicious fucking cutscenes of just like, oh, oh holy shit, <laughs> of the mask grip in Persona 5, dude. Like, exactly. So, so amazing. Um, your character is revealed as being special because you are the you are the wild card. Essentially, you're the one you're the only one in the party who can capture and use these new and different personas. And so this social link system in a way that other games would kind of just make like a boring personality test at the start of the game through your personal predilections about what characters you like the most, what social links you as as the player prioritize, you in turn get driven to different play styles and different um uh, uh, personas who match the characters that you as the player are starting to fall in love with and then as you start to use them you just want to increase that relationship even more because because going out for coffee going out to burger doing that eating challenge with your homie ups that stat even more it's it's this gameplay loop that i just never get tired of man i feel that completely <laughs> have you played persona 5 royal though the the remake I played a bit of it and it did make a huge improvement. And if anybody wants to check out Persona 5, please play Royal. Mm-hmm. I had a hard time going back through it, you know, because I was just like, I just want to play the new stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I, I'm I'm slowly getting my way through it. That would be such a great option if they could let you kind of like skip ahead New Game Plus style. Yeah, of, especially if you have it. Yeah, yeah. Because I have friends who've played through Persona 3 and Persona Royal like a total of like three, four times and they just love it, love it, love mm-hmm. it. And, and I think it's great when you have that comfort game, but I just like something we haven't mentioned is these games are long as fuck. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, look, I've spent so much time going through 5, become a Royal. I'm just like. The new stuff is great. It really, I highly love the game, but I'm like, it takes a while to get back to what I want to see. Yeah. I hear only good things. A hundred percent. So, so you're speaking to a new person because we're already sold. We love this game. And this new person is asking, should I play Persona? Where do I start? What do you say to them? Persona 5 Royal. And if you love it, then deep dive into what is three, what is four. Mm-hmm. Because it's the stylish and I think the more, most welcoming one. Like it just has everything you can have from like the music, gameplay, options, everything. Yeah. Was five your first one? Uh, For me, my first one was three. 
Gotcha. Now three, it's it's it has not aged terribly at all. I think that it, especially in terms of if you want difficult combat, might even be a little better for you if you really want to dive into Tartarus mm-hmm. there. But Persona Five, like we're talking about how good the visual style is. I don't know if my mind contains the words to kind of describe this rather than like holy shit. But like, how do you describe the the color palette, the UI? Like what? Ah, like do you have any you words? Said it beautifully. That? Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> everything they did, even from the pause menu and how they even hold their legs. You know, I, I just like everything about it stylish. I remember speaking to the doctor in like uh in the game, one well, of the doc the nurse actually. <gasps> doctor there saying oh, the and hot, like she the just literally when you go when you go Yes, the hot god nurse. <laughs> and then when you try to buy objects for her, she like puts her legs up and just sits on the side. And I'm just like, why is this so pretty? I love this. Yeah. Everything about it's beautiful. Yeah. Everything. And the um the all out attacks for me, that was the moment during this yes. game. Because persona, the 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 act of the um Oh, you know what? Actually, uh, I'm speaking to a professional Twitch streamer. So let me ask you, the combat system, the kind of linking of weaknesses and using guns and melee and the personas and then linking up to the all-out attacks, how do you build your, how do you build and fight and what makes the combat so addictive? And it's just identifying what weaknesses they have when you usually don't know. Just like any other game, you're like, yeah. let me figure it out. That trial and error to be like, oh, that weak against lightning? Switch to lightning persona. Oh, let me switch to fire persona. Let me switch this. You know, yeah. that's great. And working with your party members. So mm-hmm. it, it, it just is, it just is fun. A hundred percent. And as you link it, if you ever, um, if you use the enemy's weakness, they then get knocked down on their ass. And if everybody's yep. on their ass, you do the all out attack. Which looks really cool. <laughs> it's just. And then don't forget, they do different. Like when you, if you, if the all out attack takes out everybody, it does a stylish picture pose based on whose turn it was. And the blood that spray. That looks cool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I think this might be the most stylish game, uh, I've, I think ever played like I don't know if that's fair for me to use those words but like everything about it it's something where I thought Persona 4 was gorgeous with like the golden and yellow color palette but this game is all about reds and about the the deep reds and the text of the the UI boxes and there's not a single menu in this game that just has plain text it's something where you feel cool they feel like a JoJo's character while playing this and it's so rewarding Mm -hmm. that's perfect the perfect explanation too yeah just give me over the top and stylish yeah 100% 100% now talking about the places for improvement with Persona I think that broadly the things that we can complain about are things that like are fixable but one thing I wanted to kind of um, bring up first is you were talking about like more more um, diversity in terms of like uh, uh, sexuality, appearance, ethnicity. What are some steps that you think that the games could like take to improve in that realm? Uh, I think for me, definitely diversity starting out because, you know, like I, I love, I mean, I know a lot of these games are based in Japan. Mm -hmm. There's not many black people in Japan, but like every time there's a black character in the games like this, especially, you know, Square, Mm -hmm. Atlas, everything, I just, it makes me overjoyed. Like I love being represented in games. Like you just give me one character. We spoke on a little bit earlier, but I think it's called Strangers Return Final Fantasy Origins. Mm -hmm. And like we had two characters, then there was a black character. I'm going to tell you the way that I was like, oh my God, there's somebody black that could be a party member. I hope they play like just that reaction out of me was like you just even if you just add one i love it and i would love to have a black party member persona i would love to audition to voice act for it persona mm-hmm. anyone listen to that but like it's just it just i love that representation i feel like that's lacking at least in three four or five and i love these games dearly 
But it would just be really cool to be like, oh, we got a black character. That's cool. And then sexuality, even though they did dive into that in four, kind of, it would be cool if you had that option, you know, as yeah. games let you now modern day, like you can date the guy too if you're playing a guy character or, you know, ver- vice versa, et cetera. So um, that would be nice. I feel like that's where they could improve at. For sure. Yo, 100%. I'm so glad that you you brought that up because um, I think Persona 4 had a really um, – it had a open uh, trans character who mm-hmm. – like the, the detective character, which uh, I – like it's been a while, so like I cannot speak at all if like the modern day language holds up. But all I remember is being impressed by the portrayal at the time. Um, and, yeah. And then something where at first um, – who was the, the uh, gay party member with the gray hair? I- I forgot his name, but uh, I think he had blind. And, like he had to go through his whole arc where he was he was a super super tough yeah. guy bully, Kanji, but he was Kanji. gay. You know his yeah yeah. And I'm just like you know that was nice they delved into it because I didn't expect them to delve into it. It seems like in most areas they try to stray away from that, but I'm like I'm glad they did that. And I hope they do more of that in Persona Six. Yeah, hundred percent. Do you think that the the bathhouse um, dungeon was like? I'm still on the fence about like whether that was like problematic or actually like really brilliant. It's like, uh, it's like you did it a little bit much <laughs> to say to try to portray like, oh, they're gay, bathhouse. It's just like mm, you tried, you know. I- I'll let it pass. <laughs> yeah. It could have been better done. Like, it's not just gay. It's not just bathhouses, but you tried. Yeah. You, you attempted. Yeah, you didn't bring it at five. Yo, great point. Because like Kanji right. is like it's it's rare that a game kind of like will let the the mask character be the kind of like queer one and so kanji's whole dungeon in the bathhouse is one that explores his own conflict with his uh, sexuality the kind of internalized homophobia that's been bred into him but the his shadow that you find in the dungeon comes out to you with like a he's only wearing like a bathrobe around his waist and a heart on and the way he speaks it's just like hello there little sugar plums welcome to the (laughs) bathhouse of of exactly yeah and it's like it's like (laughs) <laughs> I guess you do kind of, it does kind of require doing a hate crime of beating the shit out of a gay person in a bathhouse mm, to then resolve mm. that character story but it's also like that's his conception of like what he's worried he's going to appear like he'll but, be so, it, it, <laughs> a method to the madness it's like uh, I'm glad you didn't release this in 2021 yeah, yeah 100% 100% <laughs> and, and yet Persona 5 and Persona 5 Royal I think they took a step back in terms of queer representation because I don't think there's yes. anyone in the party who does that really and who's who- they try to allude to it with the i guess for yuji a bit the best friend like we were super close but it's like it's still platonic yeah and and ryuji oh my god so i th- i think the only thing in persona 5 that i look at and say that was a firm mistake is the um the two uh uh gay men who kind of like approach and abduct Ryuji in the streets? Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so it sucks for me so much because Persona Four, like, I felt like it was revolutionary in terms of like really exploring as human beings, like queerness. And then the only representation you get in Persona Five are these like two uh, pseudo trans coded, but mostly like queer predatory old men who abduct yeah. Ryuji off the street and who um just play hardcore into that Rocky horror kind of like uh, uh, queer as predatory trope. And that's just ugly. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, man, you are cast in persona six. What 
character do you want to play? Are you playing the himbo? Are you playing the badass? Or is it a speaking MC? Ooh. What's the dream, man? If we could speak this into reality man, for a second. If I could, give me a Ryuji-like character. Give me the best friend that I could be over the top, do the most. Be like, oh my god. It's like, you didn't think that through? Like, I, I love those type of characters. They can throw the one-liners. They yeah. can be over the top. They can be yelling. Like, it's just so much fun to embrace a character like that. Absolutely. Do you, do you have a broader wish list of what you'd want to see in a Persona 6? Like, your dream game. Man, dream game. Well, you already know, diversity, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> everything with sexuality, of course. But I think the next game, let's see. I wish they would go to college. You know, mm. like a lot of these games are in high school. But I feel like once you open up college, it broadens the... Spectrum, because like in their high schools, like oh, let's go study this, yeah. we'll do that. I feel like once you're in college, it just it brings up more things you can do. Like y'all can go out and actually drink. Yeah, adult topics and themes you can hit. College is so broad. Like, what do you want to major in that could affect your persona? Like, it just it will be a different level because everything's you're in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you have to do this. If you're in college, you're in the dorms. You, how many people can you interact with? So that I think that'd be cool. Hell yeah, that's a that's a good move. I I think that that's a really strong recommendation, and that is now on my dream list. I was wondering like if a country move would make sense at some point. Um, but I mm-hmm. think that uh, I think that a college would probably accomplish a lot of that too. Oh, you could have exchange students, dude. You could have exchange students. Exactly, foreign exchange. And that could be a party member too. Be like, hey, I came from the U.S. That's a new character. You yeah. know, yeah, <laughs> that'd be cool. And I actually trust um, Persona as a series with its maturity to not make the character who comes from the U S named Johnny hamburger, who like, is just like, <laughs> Hey guys, uh, make goose to Japan. Big fan, big, uh, big weebo here. Basically. Like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I like animal. It's like anime. You mean? Yeah. 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 Oh Jesus. So I actually, I think I missed the, the moments to explain my first, um, connection with persona three and, all of what it explains to me, but do you mind if I kind of give my origin story real quick with sure, this? Sure, go ahead. I'm all ears. All right, thanks, man. So, the year is like 2008 or something. I, um, mm-hmm. my mother, uh, great, kind, wonderful woman, she was not down with me playing uh, M games before I turned, uh, I think, 16 or 18 was what we agreed. Like, I had homies where I would go mm-hmm. over and play Halo 3 or we would play uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. And the the most mythical, magical moment of every month was when the beautiful Bible of Game Informer magazine would be delivered to my house, and I would get to read the hype of, like, Bioshock? What? This is going to be the best, best game of all time. Oh, my God. And when I saw anime the game as someone who, like, I would catch on Toonami, like, Roni Kenshin and Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon, that was what got me where I'm like, oh, my God, you could have anime and video games? Those are, like, my two favorite things. Yeah. What the fuck? Um. I begged my mother. I researched the hell out of Persona 3 FES online. It was when it was uh, FES was coming out. And I say, <clears throat> uh, Mother dearest, there is, a new, uh, there is a new computer game coming out that is about the complexities of being in high school. And considering that I'm heading there very shortly, I think <laughs> that to get to explore club life and friendships, it, it would be... It, she's like, there's an M on this game box, James. I'm like, oh, oh yes, yes, yes. But it's, I'm sure it's, it's for tobacco use. And, you know, the maturity of being a high school. <laughs> Just like whatever. Mm-hmm. I sold it with, man, I did not know how the fuck personas were summoned in that game. <laughs> it's all bad. It's a little pew. <laughs> like, oh, they shoot themselves. This is dark. Yes, because my mother's like, okay, fine, I'll get it. And like, oh, it was the best day ever. I was like, yes, I get to play an M game. I put it in. And my mother's like, okay, I'm going to watch for a little bit. I'm going to see what's up with it. And the way they, mm-hmm. how do they summon the personas in Persona Five? Because um, Persona Four was the glasses. Do they have a specific was it, thing? Wasn't the mask in Five? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, just kind of, yeah. Know. 
Or ripping off the mask, they could summon. That's exactly it. But and Persona Four was like you have <laughs> Persona the glasses, cards, and you're right? Like, y- yeah, did you card? Yeah. <laughs> and but Persona Three, you're given a gun because you've unlocked your persona, um, and you're given a gun called the Evoker, where your main character <laughs> is told by the person who knows all about personas. Shoot. Yeah, and they have to shoot themselves. <laughs> like I think the first character. That first party member, the girl, was the one that had the most sense being like, I got to shoot myself. I'm going to die. I'm not going to shoot this. <laughs> Everybody was like, no, just go do it. Just shoot yourself. I'm like, oh, my God, this is dark. Yeah, man. <laughs> She's the only one that was just kind of like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and my mom is watching this because the main character is told, put the gun up to your forehead, shout persona, and go to blow your fucking brains out. And on the other side, it's a cool, like, shatter of glass being, like, the shatter of your psyche as you summon yep. your persona. But all my mother sees is <laughs> just, like, five teenagers <laughs> being like, persona. She was like, give me this fucking game back, man. (laughs) Give this Mm -hmm. shit back. Um, She she let me have it eventually after I was like, they're taking poetic license, mom, please, please. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so these games could be really stylish, but um, they could be very edgy as well. (laughs) So, uh, Mm -hmm. be aware, be aware. So, I think we've done a great job kind of capping off all the um kind of important major things about persona a game that i i think i would recommend to basically anybody of age and i i just think it's absolutely gorgeous but like a, a good place to end this i think would be is there a moment that you could remember falling in love with this game or a particular character where that like embodied everything it's like this is the shit well, uh, say for Persona Three, it's very, it's very, it seems like a complaint, but it's actually joy. In Persona Three, the first one, you couldn't actually control the party members; you only mm. control yourself. Yes. And I don't play games on the hardest mode, so like, <laughs> it sounds silly, but like, whenever my party members is like, "Oh my god, we're about to lose the boss! Please attack! Do something good!" and they do it, it's like, okay, we made it through, you mm-hmm. know. But there have been plenty of moments playing Persona Original Three. Where you couldn't control them, and it's like, all right, just attack them. We'll win this match. They use a potion on themselves. We all get wiped. It's like, just just use sense computer. So that's actually why in every persona I play now, I let the party member do their own thing. Oh, really? You know, what I mean, I try not to guide it. Yeah, I just let them go on freestyle because it's like, you know, like I'm just hoping they do well. If not, I have to work it out. I gotta heal. I gotta nice. get the weaknesses. So it makes it really fun when your party member does something great. Yeah, absolutely. And was there a particular story moment that like? Even now, you think about sometimes. Hmm. I think. Ooh, I gotta think about. Yeah, this you story. could. T- you could take a second, man. I we can. We can cut of, out the dead air. It's all good. Not top of my head. I just feel like from Persona Three, like you know, um, it was really cool to me that I forgot his name. I think it was Junpei, the best friend that's always trying to do things. It was cool to see him like come to realization to be like, I'm jealous of you. Mm. You know what I mean? Just change as a person. Hey, he was jealous of the main character, so that's why he tried to buddy buddy up. And I'm sure some people do that in life, but once he got to realization to be like. I this is how I felt. It explained, it's like I didn't even see it at first. It, it did get more apparent as you went on, yeah. and then you know he confessed that he finally found a girl. Sad story there. We ain't talking about that, but you know it it just was really cool to just see these characters change and how they do it. But for me, it was cool to see him like, oh, you you were jealous. That's why you hung around. That it just I I like story elements I didn't see, and then you can go back and be like, now I see it in every interaction. Mm. Mm. Which makes the story interesting to me. Like that was really well written. They really had a well done character. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm I'm so happy you brought up Junpei because I think he's my favorite himbo of like the the the, yeah. the the. I guess each game has one at least, right? Um, 
Yellies. Yeah, for me, I think that um, there was just something about the Futaba story in Persona 5 where it just felt so mm-hmm. different because you, you, you find out that the, the daughter of the um, gentleman whose cafe that you're staying with who becomes a surrogate father figure to you, he is like sneaking meals off at night to kind of a mysterious room in your house and you might, you know, you'd be totally within your rights to think like, is this fucking dude, did this dude abduct someone? Has he got someone tied to a radiator? Right. But it's really that he has a, a traumatized daughter who is a you know superstar hacker archetype, but is also just a legitimately, believably mentally ill and fucking depressed and dealing with yeah. some things that don't at all seem like fetishized. And the way that um, her palace manifests is you're 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 rescuing her from like a a pyramid that she's entombed herself in. And there's just something about that where I think especially with COVID and the isolation that she forced on herself and mm-hmm. getting to kind of like really letting her at her own pace determine her interactions and behaving kindly were like, I just I just think about that, you know, like once a month minimum of just Futaba's story. Yeah. Oh, pretty shit. Really pretty shit. So overall, we are heartily recommending the Persona series. Have you seen any of the Persona anime adaptations that came out? I've seen a little bit of it. I did stop watching. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was like it was like ah! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Please play the game. Yeah, absolutely. And Persona's just a series where we could very easily make like a, a f- probably like 30 podcast episodes talking about one episode, uh, dealing with one aspect of each, just because the music, the blend of like acid jazz and like, and Nunjambe's style, like lo-fi hip hop and rap and singing. It's just like unbelievable. The mm-hmm. soundtrack, every game, the visual styles, but I think it's best when you experience it for yourself. I really, really exactly. do. And so, um, that said, firm recommend for Persona. Start out with Persona 5 Royal. Please, please, please give it a chance. Even if it's not your cup of tea, even if you normally like keeping your anime consumption to Crunchyroll, get that fucking disc and put it in your PS5 right, or PS4, sorry. <laughs> We're not rich here. Put it in your <laughs> PS4 right now or your PC. It's available now. But um, that said, any last things you wanted to throw out there, Dave, before we wrap up for today? Please play the game. Please play the game. That's really all I got. Please play the game. And that said, Dave, thank you so, so much for coming on today. Been such an honor to have you on. Thank you for bringing your um, brilliance and insights. And where can our audience find you? You can find me at twitch.tv slash data Dave. That's D-A-T-A-D-A-V-E. And, you know, come catch me day to day with day to day. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And uh, if are, are you looking for any more slots in the uh, the university class or you fill up for now? <laughs> oh, we full of it now. Listen, <laughs> let's do let's work. <laughs> I teach a lot. Yeah. I'm the grader too. That's why I'm just like, you Ooh. know, yeah, 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 y'all can do that. But if you need a voice actor, please, datadave.tv. That's my website. It's got my character reel. If y'all want to be like, what does he actually sound like in his best voices? Go listen to it. I have a character reel, previous work, and I link all the series that I'm a part absolutely, of. Absolutely, absolutely. Also follow Data Dave on uh, Twitter, all those social medias, but um that said, man, thank you for coming on today. Thanks for being so generous with your time. We really appreciate it. Glad to be here. Thank you for the chance. Absolutely. And so uh, with that said, thank you all so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, please give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcasting app or uh, leave us a review. really does make a difference. Every review counts. Again, we have full video episodes coming up. If you want to see those Chuck Tingle uh, book covers with the airplane going into the fucking bussy of the Bigfoot and all of that shit, check us out on YouTube. We'll have the visuals there. (laughs) And uh, with that said, thank you all so much for listening. Really appreciate it. I'm Pax. And this has been this week's Pro Tacos. We'll see you next week, y'all.